computer because I can make the font any way I want it as much as I want. And it also helps my memory. But you know, uh, we sang a song. That very first song we sang, uh, it was an old vineyard song. And it's talking about, I just want to see your face. See if she, uh, if you left it up there. The very first song, where is it? I'm stealing it. Oh, and Harvey quoted a song. This one's a little different. I'm not going to quote it. It's called, it's an old vineyard song. Uh, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And they said anybody could play vineyard music. It only had like two different notes in it the whole time. And they're all the same. But this song, the first song we sang was, God, open my eyes so I can see your face. I just want to see your face. And I remember one of the first times I sang that song back in the 80s. Uh, what a concept to me. I was like, I never dreamed I could. And then what I want you to know today, what we're finding out is the incarnation, his word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then in John 14, Jesus said, guys, the reason I'm doing this is so that because me and the father, when you, Jesus said this, Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. The disciples said, Jesus, show us the Father. That's all we want to know. And Jesus is like, what, you, you haven't been looking at me for three years? If you see my face, you're seeing the Father's face. We're like, oh, Jesus, you're blowing our mind. And then Jesus said, just the same as the Father's in me and I'm in the Father. He said, we're one. The same as we're one, my desire is that I could be one with you. And when, when I live in you and you live in me, and when Jesus rose from the dead, he opened the path, the door. He tore that, that curtain on the temple that separated us from the Holy of Holies. He said, come into me, and I'm coming into you. And so, you know, y'all want to see the face of God? Look next to you. <laughs> I know, and some of you are like, you should have you saw Dana Wessel's face. She's like, <laughs> no, it is. Do you believe in what Jesus said or do you believe in what your thoughts are? Well, when you became a Christian, you chose to have faith in what he said and what the scriptures say. And the scriptures say that when you want to see me, when I want to see Jesus, I look at you guys. Every one of you. Because Jesus died and rose again so that he could live inside of you. And fully, fully in you. And that you could live inside of him. And that we could be one with Jesus the same way Jesus was one with the Father. So guys, you want to see Jesus? Look around you. Open your eyes and look and uh, see what God's doing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so we're talking about the incarnation. We may be talking about this even through Easter. I don't know. I like, uh, I like the incarnation. It's the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've been doing this for a few weeks. And I just want to say uh, it's good. Here's what Jesus said about you and about me. He said, you are the light of the world. And he said, you're the light of the world. That's, he's talking to us. He said, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand so that your light. You see, but Jesus also is the light of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light and we're the many-membered light. We're a city. And when our light shines in the world, and last week what Pastor Tim talked about was us, everywhere we go, whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of it, you're a light. 
And you're lighting up the darkness all around you, everywhere you go. When you cook, when you clean, when you walk, when you serve, when you shop, when you dream. When you think you're wasting time, you're a light bulb shining in the world. How do I know that? Well, I read the Bible. Now, do you believe the Bible? When you began to follow Jesus, did you trust him? You see, it's all about this. And so the truth is, you don't have to try and become the light. You are the light. Well, well, wait a second. I am not. Oh, well, let's see. Am I going to believe you or am I going to believe Jesus? Amen. And I'd ask you the same question. Are you going to believe your thoughts or do you believe in the Scripture and the Word of God? The Word Jesus, the Logos. No, why don't you believe Jesus? Yeah, but you don't know what I did last night. No, but he does, and he still said you're the light of the world. Did you follow that, or was it too fast for you? We think of Jesus knows everything we do, and we think he's condemning us, and the truth is he knows everything we do, and he said you're the light of the world. You know, today it's going to be, there's a new day coming. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Jesus Christ. And we're going to have to dethrone those thoughts that disagree with his thoughts. Everywhere in your life where you don't think about yourself and you don't think about the world the way Jesus does is sin. That's what Hamartia is. We're going to talk about that next week. I don't want to talk about that today. He's the big light. We're the little lights. He's the sun and we're the stars in the sky. How many suns are there in, in our, on our planet? There's one. How many stars in the sky? Too many to count. Oh, wait, is that what God told Abraham his children were going to be like? The, star, the way the stars cover the sky? That's the way your children, Abraham, are going to cover the earth. Guess what? You're a child of Abraham by faith. And you're a shining star. And you don't have to try and become one. He said you are one. It's his word, his work, his power, his sacrifice. It's all him. So you're the light of the world. It's really cool. Now, let me ask you this, Jesus said in Luke 11. You see, I want you to get so convinced of this that it overcomes all the arguments that you're hearing in your head about yourself. God is a good father. He's a good father. He's not a bad father. He said, let me ask you this. Do you know any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for the serving of fish? Of course not. Nobody. If your son asked for fish, you wouldn't give him a snake, a viper? No, you wouldn't do that. Do you know any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Now, come on. God is trying to get our attention here. Is God a good God? If you ask for an egg and you're a child, are you, is he going to give you a spider? Then he, he, he just keeps beating this into our heads. You know, would he give you a scorpion? No. He said, if imperfect parents, us, know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more... Will the perfect Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when His children ask Him? You know, when we think about being a light in the world, we put so much pressure on ourselves. I do too, so do you. I don't know all the Scriptures by heart. I don't have 
the answer to all your questions. I can't tell you why this tragedy happens or why this is going on. There's a thousand questions. If you want to defeat the light of God in me with questions, you can. Because I don't have all the answers. But I do know one thing. He's good. And he's a good father. And you can trust him with your life. You know, it's, I believe, I, I read this and I wrote it down to read to you. It is imperative that every Christ follower discovers their true identity mirrored in Jesus. You see, our, our problem with sharing the gospel and, the, and sharing the good news is we don't think we can. And the truth is, whenever we talk to Jesus, the thing is, who you are was created in the image of the perfect God. That's who you really are. That's what the Bible says. It's like we need to come. That's what we're sharing with people. We, we all, here's what he says. The most liberating revelation is that not only have we died with Jesus, but that we were also raised with him in the resurrection life. Look in Ephesians, right? Then to grasp we are seated with him in heavenly places. That's true, right? We're seated with him at the right hand of the Father. That's what he told us. And now, this is where we live our daily lives. We live from a position of significance and influence, not a position of defeat and judgment and failure. You see, I think when we're sharing the very foundation of the good news, the gospel, Romans 1.16, we'll look at that verse. The very foundation of that is that it's good news. News means something that happened in the past, right? If y'all go watch the news, when you go turn on the news, you want to see what happened in, the, in your world, what happened in your town, what happened everywhere. News is something that's already happened, and this is good news. The gospel is good news. And I think so much in our world, we were taught to believe that the gospel is bad news. And we had start off with the bad news in the gospel. And the truth is, the gospel is good news. You know what the good news is? It's what Jesus says about you is true. And the world doesn't know that. The world knows the gospel that we, we taught, sometimes it's the only gospel we ever taught, is that you're bad. Jesus said you're good. Jesus said you're created in God's image, that the essence of who you are, your DNA, like there's no secret, here's how we feel, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, like there's a secret uh, genetic code inside of us that's going to mess up. It's going to fail, and God's waiting for that failure, and he's got a hammer, and he's just waiting. It's like whack-a-mole, you know that old game they used to play I guess at the at the fairs and carnivals you know the mahole sticks his head up and you try to hit it and that's what God's doing in this room right now he's just waiting for one of you to think a bad thought he's going to whack you and you know what you can't help it because you were told that that bad thing is part of your DNA and have you ever tried to go against your DNA no you can't what if your DNA was according to the family that you were created in, which is God? God said in Genesis that He created male and female. He created us in His image, in His likeness. Your actual DNA isn't to do bad. 
because God is good. So there's something that happens to us because sometimes we do bad things, right? So I think that we have to start looking at this. When you look at sharing good news with people, it starts with the good news. It starts with God is good and God loves you. And he created you with everything you need to overcome in this world. Everything you need to fulfill your destiny and your purpose in this world. Who you are is absolutely perfectly created by God. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He gave you your mind, your thoughts. He gave you your hair color. He gave you and he made you in his image. So the, the truth is that the deepest, darkest, deepest places inside of your soul, the truth is that DNA is still there, and it was put there by God. And so we, we have to discover something. Now, I love this. Um, I love this, what this says. Emmanuel, God with us. But what happened? I'm hoping it works up there. Oh, it works too good. Y'all can't see it at all, can you? Uh, you know what the scriptures say? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, you know what happens? When something is veiled, you can't see it. You can't understand it. All I did was put something dark over that picture that y'all were seeing. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And you know what happens? The God of this age, the God of this world, the enemy, the serpent, the snake, the liar. The God of this world blinds the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. You know what happens to us? We, we get blinded. And there's a certain tr very deceptive way the enemy blinds us. We get blinded to the truth about who we actually are. And it's so deeply ingrained in us that I know if you're listening very closely, some of your minds are going, wait a second, I'm bad. Mankind is bad. People are evil. And I tell you, you may want to think about what the Scripture is saying and what Jesus said. And I'm going to show you more Scripture. You, can't, you just can't argue with it if you believe the Scripture. Were you created evil? Your DNA is not evil. You're created in His image and He's good. There's nothing evil in him. And the God of this age blinds the minds of unbelievers. You see, what, what creates evil in our life is when we can't see the way God sees. It's all by faith. You're, anything good you've ever done, anything life-giving in the world comes through faith. Faith in him. And I think we, we got tricked into believing and having faith in ourselves. Instead of faith in him and what he did and what he's doing, we put the pressure on us. We put the responsibility on ourselves. And you can't see the light of the gospel. And the light of the gospel, you know the good news is, what if Jesus did it all? What if it's his power and his strength and his knowledge and his wisdom? What if it's all him and all you have to do is believe what the scriptures, what he says? What if that was true, you know? And I think that that's good news. You talk about take the pressure off of you. Like, 
I don't know. It's it's funny. Daniel made fun of it a little bit, and Harvey did too. About uh, in the we always make resolutions in the new year, right? I'm gonna exercise every day, and all the gym things go up. Or I'm gonna read my Bible every day, or whatever it is. I'm I'm not gonna raise my voice in my family to in anger ever again. Good luck with that, you know. We, we have all these things where we actually are reaching down and we're pulling ourselves up by our own willpower and strength and determination. And there's a word for that. Now, I want to show you this. It's really pretty simple, right? God with us. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, that First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For it's in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed. Do you want to do better this year? Guess where the power to do that comes from? It doesn't come from your willpower. It doesn't come from your determination. It doesn't come from your wisdom, intelligence. It comes from the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then I just want to give you, you know this already, if you've studied Scripture at all in your life or you listen, the gospel, the word gospel actually means good news. And it's a very mysterious word, right? Good news. In a number of languages, the expression the gospel or the good news must be rendered by a phrase, for example, news that makes one happy. Information that causes one joy. Words that bring smiles or a message that causes the heart to be sweet. Good news just means it's good. It'll make you happy. It'll give you joy. It'll fill your life with, with purpose and meaning. Good news is good news. It's not bad news. Now, if it's got to be good news, you see, this is about good news. Here's good news. God loves you. God knows you. God didn't make you a stepchild. You aren't an orphan. You have a family. You aren't incapable of achieving what he's put in your heart. You're just as important. You know, the good news, for the good news to be good, first thing I said was, for the good news to be good, it has to be so simple that even a child can understand it. You see, the news that you're sharing, the light that you're bringing, has to be so simple that a child can understand it. Oh, wait, I believe Jesus said, unless you become like a small child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. You see, it's simple. For the good news to be good, it can't be an, and you don't have to be super smart. You don't have to be super educated. You don't have to be super disciplined. You don't have to have all the gifting that everybody else have. That can't be that way. The good news must be so simple that everyone on earth, whether you can read or not, whether you're in our society or not, everyone on earth, must it must be attainable for us all. It's level playing field. That's good news. The good news has to be for everybody, too. It's not elitist. It's not just for the people who do this or do that or are born in this country or born this way. It has to be for everybody without 
prejudice, without judgment. For it to be good news has to be for us all. If God is 100% good, then the good news must be 100% good. 100%. There can be nothing about it that's not good news. Now, when you read the word gospel, it means good news. So, guys, there's a thing that has to happen in us. So what is this good news? And, and I think this is real important. And uh, I'm going to look at this word. John chapter 8, verse 1. This is a pretty long passage, but I want to give you the context. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. This was right before the end of his earthly ministry, before he was crucified. And at dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. That's a big deal in their day. Women called in adultery were stoned. Men called in adultery were given a, 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 an award. That was a really bad joke, but it really was the way it was back in those days, right? Uh, they were going to stone her. And they brought her in because they caught her. How many of you have ever been caught in doing something? Or you're still afraid of being caught in doing something? <laughs> or you think you've got to pay a price for doing something? Or you're embarrassed? Or you're guilty? Right? Right? And if any of you say you, you aren't, you haven't, then you're lying. That's what Jesus said in 1 John. If any man says he has no sin, he's a liar and the truth of God's not in him. So this woman was caught. She was caught in the expression of that. And so they brought her in, made her stand up in front of the whole group. Sounds like a great way to, to get people to quit committing adultery. Embarrass them, humiliate them. Well, if you kill them, that'd really be good. They'd stop. And then they said this. They thought they were so smart. Teacher, they're trying to catch Jesus, right? Y'all know this story. Teacher, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. I want to know what they were doing being peeping toms. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say, Jesus, right? They were using this as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, they wouldn't accept that he wasn't answering. So they just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Listen, that's what the devil does. That's not what Jesus does. He accuses and he accuses and he accuses and he accuses. And he does it over and over and over and over again. And when they kept on questioning him, Jesus straightened up and he said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Sounds like she should have just got stoned. And Jesus endorsed it. It's what it sounds like. But he just stooped down and began to write again. And at this, those who heard him began to go away one at a time and the older ones first until only Jesus left, was left. Only Jesus was left. You know, when you get to your back against a wall, 
when you get pushed to the edge of that cliff, when you get to the end of that rope you've been hanging on to with all your might, you know who will be there for you? He'll be there. When you get to the darkest place and the loneliest place and the hardest place in your life, you know who will be standing there when you get there and you're all alone? Jesus will be there for you. He was there for her. He was there. And so they left. Then Jesus, the woman, was still standing there. You know, she was standing there condemning herself, accusing herself, convicting herself, full of guilt, full of pain, full of embarrassment. I'm telling you, embarrassment is one of the most powerful feelings you'll ever feel. It'll control you. This woman was in every way humiliated and degraded and could never show her face again in public with what those men did to her. And Jesus straightened up. It's so funny. He, he, didn't, he wasn't ashamed of, of what he believes. He believes in you and he's not ashamed of it. He'll stand up in front of any court of law and vouch for you. He believes in you. He created you. He knows who you really are. No matter what you've done, what you've said, what you are a part of, Jesus believes in you. And he'll stand up in front of anybody. No matter what comes, you'll praise him. Well, no matter what comes, he believes in you. And he doesn't. I would think he gets tired of some of you arguing with him about how bad you are. (laughs) I don't think Jesus gets tired of anything, but uh, I think he's about, I would be fed up with it. He's not, okay? He's not. He'll he'll stand there and toe-to-toe with you, arguing with you about who you really are until you turn blue in the face. And then he's going to win. He wins. Women, where are they? Has no one condemned you? You see, isn't that good news? That's our God. You've got good news for the people. You know how many people in our society feel bad about themselves, feel bad about their history, feel bad about what they didn't do when they were young? And You know how many people feel bad about who they are? They compare themselves to everybody else and they feel bad about it? Well, probably everybody you talk to women where are they where has no one condemned you she said no one sir neither do I condemn you you see that's the good news but how can he say that then he says now go and leave your life of sin and then he says this strange thing. I'm the light of the world. Why did he throw that in there? I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, in that passage, you know the men that were condemning her were the teachers of the law and the Pharisees? You know, law, without law, there is no sin. And they had lots of laws in their world. The Jewish religion had 500 and something laws, I believe. 
and the teachers of the law, you know what they do? The teachers of the law teach us that, and this is a strange, I, I hope I can explain this. I hope it makes sense to you. Teachers of the law taught us to live from who we should be. The law teaches you who you should be by your own self-effort, by your own determination. That's what the law does. It, it, it'll put a whole list of things up here and you can look at them and say, well, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart, I've done too much bad, I don't read my Bible enough, I don't preach enough, I don't even witness enough, I never shine my light. Well, Jesus said, you are the light of the world, so who's right, you or Jesus? But we have these laws we create in our own mind. and the, the, If we don't create them, other people will create them for us. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of all these laws we have. Well, if you love Jesus, you won't smoke. Well, who said that? Now, no, we did. We said that. Now, so these guys, they taught everything about who you should be. And you know what? Every law is achieved by your own effort, by your own mind, by your own determination your own willpower that's what law comes from law isn't grace law is self-effort and you know i wrote this down because i really think it's true the very first teacher of the law was a serpent in the garden of eden you know the serpent the snake he came to adam and eve and he said he said guys listen you i'm sure you would love to be just like your father you know that one that one You'd love to be like him. Listen, this is how you need to do it. To become like him, you need to do this. And you not, need to not do this. And that's how you can be like your dad. It, you need to put in some effort here. And Eve ate from the tree and she gave it to Adam. And something horrible happened to the world. You see, that was the first law. And the first teacher and you know what he did? He lied to Adam and Eve, and he had told them they had to do something to be enough. And you know what that brought? Shame, guilt, condemnation, separation. And then, you know, the worst thing it did? It gave bondage to the devil. As soon as you begin doing things by self-effort, that old serpent grabs your wrist and starts manipulating you and controlling you and when you live by the law Paul the apostle said it this way when I tried to live by the law the very things that were important to me I can't do them and the very things that I hate I end up doing them and I can't stop oh woe is me Paul said the law is what creates sin in your life um I'll show you something. This will be fun. Do you guys, uh, Camille, would you come up here? I have three granddaughters. Y'all know I have three? Just two of them are small. I mean, smaller than Camille. She's small, but I mean, y'all know what I mean. Uh, say hello to the people. people. Yeah, she's a teenager. Uh, she loves Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Yes. You, uh, you obey your parents? Yes, she obeys her parents. You'd like to help. You do words. You do all that. Listen, if any of you want to help serve in the body, we need more people serving. Uh, 
doing words is very important for worship, isn't it? Me and Camille are like Nazi word Nazis. We're very serious about it. Um, you may want to talk to her dad, Daniel, my son, my oldest son, uh, is in the sound booth. If you want to help with the sound booth or help with words, talk to him. She'll probably tell you no because she's very picky, but we'd love your help. And she's nice. I never see. She will, you want to be nice to everybody, don't you? Yeah, I know you do, and you really do. She really does. She, you, you want to be obedient. It's all what's in your heart is always that. And I've known her for a long time since she was born. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but so uh, I need somebody to uh, that doesn't mind being darkness like Thomas. You, you be okay. You know, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But if we don't walk in the light, now here's, so I, I chose Thomas because he's wearing a depressing shirt today. <laughs> if you're a Razorback fan, you probably don't feel so good this morning. I'm sorry. And yeah, and so Thomas is representative of the darkness. So, uh, so Camille, you come here, y'all face. Be nice. She's always nice. Now, I want you to get this in your head. It's a little, it's going to take imagination, okay? When Camille is walking in the light, then God's power does, brings life through her, okay? So when that happens, then she can do what God's put in her heart. So let's say, Camille, so put your hands out like this, okay? And Thomas, would you grab her wrist? Now, when she's not walking in the light, guess who has control of her hands? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he's evil. I'm telling you. Paneros, the word for evil, the Greek word. It's not good. So right now, she hasn't been walking in the light today. And she, so this is representative. So Everything in her doesn't want to be mean to anybody. And so we're going to say every time she claps her hands, she's being mean and disrespectful and disobedient. So, Camille, you don't want to be mean, right? No, you really don't. I mean, she really doesn't. So, but she's not walking in the light. She's walking in the darkness. So don't clap your hands. Camille, stop. Camille, stop. No, no, no. Okay. Stop. Camille, don't clap your hands. Stop. No, no, stop. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. You see what happens? When you walk in the darkness, it's not you. There's a power working inside of you that's beyond your own physical strength. That's what God is talking about. So when you don't believe who God says you are, guess where that puts you? You become a Razorback fan. <laughs> you live in the darkness. I noticed Tracy Dolan usually has all his Razorback gear. He does it today. I'm just saying. Yeah, and so, yeah. And so then if you, if you walk in the light, then the very things you want to do you can do. So, Camille, you want to be nice, so you clap your hands because you're walking in the light. So you can clap your hands. She's in the light, darkness. You can't stop her. Yeah. See? Okay, you can stop. 
Did that make sense to y'all? It made total sense in my head. Thank you. Go sit down because y'all are uh, confusing me. It doesn't confuse me. That's the truth about the way we live. The law puts you in the dark and the things you want to do, you can't do. And here you are. You've been blaming yourself this whole time. And the whole time it's because you're not walking in the light. That you can't do what you want to do. And when you, when you do live by grace, God gives you the power to do it. So you see, uh, it brings shame. It brings condemnation, self-effort, the law. Now, here's what Jesus teaches us to live from who we are. That's what he says. Do you believe what he says? The good news is Jesus is a good father and did not create us with a self-destruct button. He didn't create you with a, with a time bomb inside of you that you're just waiting to go off and to ruin your life. God, is a, that's not a good dad. A good dad gives you every advantage he can. He gave you a real advantage. He created you in his image. And so if I want to see his face, I look at your face. Whether you're yawning or sleep or whether you're smiling. Now, I'd recommend you smile because it's a lot easier to look at you when you're smiling. So it's like if you want people to see Jesus in you, you might try smiling a lot. It's just true. Why do you smile? Because you live in the good news. You know the end of the story. You know where it began. And so instead of believing what the world says about you, you believe what he says about you. Sin is a distorted identity. It's, it's those words really interesting. Ha is, means without or not. Meros, which is where hamartia came from, that word means form. You know what sin, that word hamartia that we translate sin, do you know what it means in Greek? It, it literally means without form. Do you know if you don't know who you are, if you, if you were raised an orphan, you don't know how to survive. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to speak. You don't know because you didn't have a foundation that taught you those things. Well, this is way beyond that. This is at the DNA level. The truth is you were created in His image for His purpose and in His likeness. Yeah, but look at me. Do you believe God or do you believe the evidence? You see, because it's really true. To walk in the light means you... For you to see your life and everything that concerns you exclusively from your Father's point of view. When you walk in the light, you're seeing yourself and everything about you the same way He says it. You know who He says you are? You're a favored son and you're a favored daughter. He says that you're seated on a throne with Him in heaven, ruling and reigning in this world. He says that you have overcome. He says you're righteous. You know, and it's funny. When we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. How much sin did His blood purify you from? Not a trick question, <laughs> you know. And I hate these all words because they're all. You know what all is? All. Jesus' blood, not you, not, it's his faith. 
It's nothing you do, have done, or can do will purify you and set you free from bondage. His blood did it. And it's past tense. That's why it's good news. So we, when we look at this, we say, well, wait a second. He, when did he do that? Well, before the world was created. Way before we were born. He set us free from sin. And if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. Now, I'm going to do that verse next week. Here's what to walk in the light means. Look at this, what I said down at the bottom. To walk in the light as He is in the light means, you know what the light does? It brings clarity to darkness. It rips the veil away that keeps us from seeing the truth. It means to see yourself the same way I have. It means to see which means believe, have faith in who Jesus says you are and what he accomplished. Do you mean this whole time I've been judging myself based on what I do and what I don't do, and the whole time I'm, it's about him? Yeah. Yeah, but you, do you believe in what he did? You see, it's faith. Your life and everything that concerns you you know what faith is? When I choose to believe that my life and everything about me, I want to believe it the same way the Father sees it. Do you believe that? Now, we live in, I mean, everybody in this room, it's funny. I, I say this to a lot of people, and I, I, it's really it's true for all of us. If you're an American, you're a fix-it person. You fix things. You take care of things. You think through things. You, that's just who you are. Listen, and so we try to fix everything, which means we take responsibility for everything. And the truth is, it's all Him. I love the songs we sang today because every song was about Him. It's all Him. It's all Him. What did Jesus do? Oh, wait. Uh, his blood purified you from all your sin. You see, He set us free. So here's the challenge. Will you believe what Jesus says about you, what the Scriptures say about you? Will you believe that? How do we walk in the light? How do we do it? Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says, right? Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, now faith is a gift from God, we're justified by faith. But the truth is, most of us have faith in ourselves and what we do or don't do. Who's our faith in? Jesus Christ. We have peace with God by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into His grace to live and to express his life on earth today. That's by faith too. I'm afraid, guys, most of us have more faith in what we see and hear and what's going on around us than we do in who he is and what he did. You see, in Romans 5, uh, in the Passion Translation, I really love the way this guy translated this. He said, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. 
Whoa. Can you believe that? Or do you believe what you judge? Or do you believe what other people judge? Or do you believe what the list says? Or do you believe him? You see, I believe that our faith releases the power of God in our lives. It's already there. You're already who you are. God created you with everything you need. You can't access it. You won't realize it unless you have faith. Faith in what the Bible says he did and who he is. Not in you. Your faith is in him. And uh, how do we walk in the light? Through grace, by faith, we believe. The good news of the gospel is that we are not required to strive to attain something through personal achievement. That goes against our American nature. Everything in you has been taught the opposite of that. But that's faith. It's grace. We don't strive to attain something through personal achievement, but rather discover who we already are and what we already have in Christ as revealed in the Scriptures. I didn't write that. I stole that. I read that. I was like, well, that's really well said. I believe that. You see, for us, sharing the gospel is telling people, this is who you really are. This is what Jesus has done for you. And it's revealed in Scripture. Faith is when we believe it. So this morning, do you believe? Do you believe that it's not about what you're doing to achieve something or what you haven't done, that it's really about what he did and what he's doing? There's no striving. It's all grace. He gets all the credit. He gets all the glory. And I believe that that's where we're at as a people. I believe that God is dwelling among us. I believe what Jesus prayed in John 14, what the scriptures say is really true. He lives inside of you. And now on the earth today, we are the body of Christ. We're the sons of Abraham. We are light. We're a city that can't be hidden. That's who you really are. It's already been done. And this morning, what happens is you get to experience the power of that when you believe it. So do you believe it? Or are you still arguing, trying to prove how bad you are to yourself and to God? No. Uh, I really love that song. I really did. When God spoke that to me as we're singing, I was like, you know, that is true. It really is true. I just want to see your face. And God said, look in the person's face sitting beside you. You've seen me if you've seen them. Just like Jesus told the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Guys, that's whose you are. You have a family. You're not an orphan. You have an inheritance. And you have a good dad who won't give a scorpion to his daughter. So this morning, do you believe? If you're struggling with believing who you are, uh, we'd like to pray with you. You know, we'll have some uh, people that can hear the Lord and and God, He's He's good. He, you don't intimidate Him. He's not afraid of what your your reason or your. He's good. He can help you. He wants to help you, so that you can be a light in the world. 
Amen. So let's all stand up. I, uh, you walk in the light by faith. It's all by faith. Yeah, so come on up, Rick. Um, I'd love to do it uh, personally because I asked some hard questions. Do you believe, are you struggling with guilt, with hopelessness? Are you struggling with believing that you matter, that you're doing good as a mom or a dad in the world? Jesus has an opinion about you. And let God be true and every man a liar. Your opinion about yourself isn't his opinion. Well, you need to hear that from him. And that's why we pray for each other. That's why we pray together. You need to hear from him. Is it too late? Is your life messed up? Did you make too many mistakes? Well, why don't you quit trying to earn everything? Because you won't get anything except for by believing. Believing in what he says, what the scriptures say about you. So let's pray. And I'm going to ask the Lord to give you the grace to, uh, to hear what he's saying right now. So God, I just thank you for, uh, you handpicked us. Every one of us, you handpicked us today. You handpicked us before we were ever born. God, I thank you that you have an opinion about every man and woman in this room that you have an idea. And God, I thank you that you're good. So God, I ask that you would give food to your kids today. That every one of us would leave here today with uh, taking another step in our spiritual journey with you. God, I just ask you to help us to see each other and to see your light shining inside of other people too. So God, would you just come right now? So I believe that's true. If you're, if you need something this morning, God's here, and uh, He's going to give you bread, not a stone. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for uh, coming and worshiping with us. I'm glad you're all healthy. Uh, be praying for some of our friends aren't healthy right now. <laughs> be praying for them, all right? So God bless you guys. We're dismissed.